Welcome to We Talk About Movies. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ruth. And this is episode 8, where we review the summer blockbuster, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. I think we have a pretty interesting take on this movie, so I think you'll like this one. In fact, we have an interesting take on every movie. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Now, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Ruth, finish the song. No, I'm no. not singing. <laughs> Ruth has a beautiful singing voice, but no, she doesn't she... like to share it. No, she doesn't. Happy birthday, dear Kevin. Happy birthday to me. I'll tell you happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Um, I love you so much. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this is my birthday present is uh, going to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in theaters. To be um, fair, it sounds like such a lame gift on my part. <laughs> That's what you wanted to do, and we, we have a child, and yeah, and we don't one on the way, and we've been together since two thousand nine, and we don't really give each other gifts. We well, just, what we used to do is give each other experiences. So we would going to see plan. a movie is an experience. Well, I know, but I mean, we don't, we never did gifts, even right. when we were dating. Like we would, uh, I like I took you horseback riding because you had never been, and. We went and walked around the, there was like this Red Bull art exhibit where everything was made out of Red Bull cans. So yeah. We went and did that. And you took me to like a uh, murder mystery dinner at the Gaylord uh, yeah. Hotel. We, we so just, like we do experiences instead of gifts. Yeah. We go do fun stuff together. Yeah. Which I like anyway. Yeah. So, and we have a kid. We can't go do something extravagant and well because i'm also pregnant <laughs> yeah you're about to pop so yeah. um what can we do we can go see a movie while the grandparents watch the kids right and so and that's i can what we sit did. in a recliner and feel comfortable <laughs> yeah and it was great so um this, i just and don't want this people is, to think i'm a terrible wife like that's no, all you did <laughs> no you're not <laughs> you a terrible wife all you did is take him to a movie <laughs> and um it was nice because we had our my in-laws, Ruth's parents, came over, watched our boy Caleb. Um, Apparently, he was super good for them. And yeah, then he had a great time. Awful for us. <laughs> yeah. He loves his grandparents. Uh, yes. So anyways, uh, this is a, my birthday, uh, you know, just a small birthday gift for me. And it works out for you guys as well, because the last episode is Guardians of the Galaxy 1. And we reviewed that and watched it just a few days before we watched this one so that we could really have that fresh in our mind as we review Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And so you guys are getting kind of a double feature this week. So uh, you're welcome, as <laughs> as Maui from Moana would say. You're welcome. Yes. That song is probably stuck in every parent's head, thanks to that movie. It's a pretty I, good song. I, like I think it. I, I do too, actually. And I, I think I told you earlier today, I saw a meme online that had like a picture of Frozen and it was captioned something to the extent of so glad let it go is out of my brain. And then it has a picture of Maui from Moana on there and just says, you're welcome. Yeah, that's good. That, I, mean, <laughs> I thought that was really clever. And it, funny. it definitely works oh, for it's so us true. with Blair. And we've talked about that in other podcasts. If you haven't heard the Moana episode or watched that movie, go check it out. It's a good movie. I recommend you do it. It's, it's actually the least downloaded of all of our episodes so which is a, funny because it's a great movie yeah there's a good chance um you probably haven't heard it because it's been downloaded so a few times so 
Um, it's a good movie. Watch it with your family and, and check out the podcast. Um, anyways, so this was my birthday present and in, it's actually going to be, again, we, we don't always do this chronologically. Um, we talked about the movie theater experience with Beauty and the Beast. Um, that podcast is actually going to be published later, but what I want to talk about really quickly is something that we've talked about is how much would you pay to watch a brand new release in the comfort of your home as opposed to going to the theater? So a ticket to the theater anywhere from, you know, if you live in college station, it might be five bucks. Or mm-hmm. Dallas, we pay like 12 bucks. Well, and we at, go at to one time. of those dine-in theaters, which yeah. is usually more expensive. Yeah. So um, for us, it's like 10 to 12 bucks a ticket. I think it's like 12 50 Well, we did the matinee. We did well, it. Well, yes. We actually saw this one in the morning. Um, right. At 9 a.m., which I didn't yeah. even know they showed movies and that it, early. Yeah. So the question is, how much... <clears throat> Uh, to give you a preview of what you'll hear in the Beauty and the Beast, I prefer the media room experience to the movie theater experience. We have a media room in our house, and uh, for a lot of reasons we'll cover there, I prefer it at home. So what? how much would you pay? So I'm thinking about We talked about this. a little bit about this today. Yeah, so I'm curious, listeners, if you guys have an opinion on this. I, I said the minimum, and, and I'm talking like you can rent it, and watch it once, and then it disappears. Like, if right. it's a two-hour movie, you can watch it for... You have three hours to watch it. So it right. gives you time to pee, you know, pause it and go to the bathroom. You know, some of the things that make watching movies at home in in some way superior to at a movie theater. But you can't just re-watch it over and over again. You right. can't, like, have your friends log in on your account and everyone watches it for free. Right. Somehow, once you've, you've viewed it, then it's done. Yeah. So if if that were an option, how much would you pay? And I'm thinking, well, our tickets are already at least, you know, 20 to $25. And then if you buy if it's food, us too, if, going. You're, if you're paying for a babysitter, I mean, it's our expensive. movie theater experience can easily get upwards of 70 or $80. Now, luckily, we don't pay for a babysitter most of the time, but a lot of people do so that they can go to the movies. And even if they don't, because we go to a dine-in theater and we tend to order food. Yeah. But even just getting popcorn, it's, you know, it's five bucks expensive. or something yeah. ridiculous. And then if you want a soda to go with that, it's like a $10 snack right there. <laughs> I think if if a... Movie studio said, $100. You can watch this movie at home. Pause it if you want. You only get, you know, you just can't rewatch of it. time, right. I would consider it. Okay. And it, it seems like it'd be a great thing for the studio because instead of 20 bucks for the tickets and then 40 bucks for food at the theater and then 40 bucks for the babysitter or whatever, instead, the studio gets all of that money. Um, so I, th- I mean, someone should, should start looking at that and you know where you can get new releases. We've seen this in uh, hotel rooms sometimes Oh, on yeah. the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. We've done that with my stepmom, Linda, uh, in Reno. Some, some, yeah, there's not she, much to do in Reno. Yeah. <laughs> Either gamble or watch movies. There's some really great nature stuff there. Um, well, when we would go visit though, it would always be in for new years. And so yeah. it was so cold and yeah. Uh, I mean, we could go ski one day, but there wasn't a whole lot. So they they had new releases in the pay per view. So I'm 
if they ever come up with a way to do that for um, outside of hotels, just for anyone, I, I'm in. Depending on those the new releases, aren't ones that are in the theater currently. No, they, some of them are, but oh, they it's are? probably not oh. opening weekend. But it's within a couple weeks of when. Huh. Okay. Anyways, so I mine, would certainly pay fifty bucks. Yeah, fifty is a no brainer. I would consider. You know, I think 60 probably, 70 probably, 80, 80 to 100 is where I'm not sure if I would pay it. Right. Um, But 50, 60, I'm on board because that is a reasonable amount. Because like you said, you're almost paying $25. Right. So if the two of us are going to the movie, it's basically $25 for both of us for a ticket. And now, and I asked this question earlier when we were talking about it, and I wonder if other people are thinking this too, but I said, well, but you could almost charge the same amount to watch it in your home, right? Because it's not going to the theater. But you were explaining to me that the ticket price or what you thought was what you pay your ticket price goes directly to the, the movie. Yeah. You know, whoever I believe. And, and the theater makes their money from the snacks and stuff. Yeah. I think. Almost all of the ticket price goes to the movie. Production company, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think. If I'm wrong, you know, let me know. Send we me should me. look it up. I'm sure we could look it up somehow. But <clears throat> that's why I was saying, okay, well, let's say you even doubled the price per ticket. And so they're making yeah. double what you would go to the theater for. Well, it wouldn't that be good enough? I mean, 50 bucks? Well, I guess you could have more than two people in right. your household. That's, a, yeah, that's, that's the, the thing. thing. You could have... Eight people watch it. So if they only charge 50 bucks and you've got you eight people in your living house room. full of people. Yeah. So. That's true. They might want to go up to 100 or more. I mean, obviously, they haven't done it yet, but I wish they would. So someone someone get on that. Yeah, I guess that that would be the ha- the hardest obstacle is because you don't know how many people are watching it. Right. But that's why I guess you just have a higher price and then. Are you willing to pay? Because I'll tell you, being pregnant, I I had to go to the bathroom during the movie. Yep. And I have to guess, oh, hope nothing exciting happens right. while I'm gone right. because I have to go. And I, I, I know I'm not the only one that that happens to, pregnant or not. I'm yep. just, it's annoying when you, <laughs> you think, oh, I paid twelve fifty for this ticket and now I'm leaving. Yep. So I wish, I wish that were an option. It's not. Um, Hopefully it is one day. So yeah, it would be good. Let's talk about the movie, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Two. I, I, I let me just. So start I was off. nervous going in. You were nervous because I told you somebody posted on Facebook. Someone I'm not even you know really close with. We're just Facebook friends. Like we met once in college, maybe or something. And and he thought you were cute and thought maybe I'll Facebook her and try to no. get her number later. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was from Fish Camp, which is an A&M thing. um, (laughs) He was one of my counselors, I think. So anyway, he had mentioned that he did not like the movie and said it was overly sentimental, super disappointed. And so I went, Oh no, we see it tomorrow. I'm so nervous now. And I don't want it to be bad because a lot of times people go in with such high expectations because the first one, if you listen to our podcast earlier, we both really like yeah. the first one. Mm-hmm. So we had, I think, pretty high expectations. So tell me, her. what's your reaction? Well, and I wonder too if I was swayed a little bit by seeing that Facebook post. I wish I hadn't. But <clears throat> he said it was overly sentimental. So of course, that was in my brain the whole time. Yeah. And 
it is something I noticed. It felt like every other scene was trying to be sentimental as far as pulling at your heartstrings in some way. And almost to the borderline, some of them cheesy. Not all. Yeah. But some of them where you're just like, oh my gosh, I get it. You're trying to have a heart-wrenching scene every other scene. Yeah. I think- <laughs> and it did, I think it did that a little bit. Now, and, and like I said, I think I'm swayed a little bit by reading that before I went in. But- well, it's definitely true. I, to me, this movie, it takes the the model that was established with the first movie and it just kicks everything up like four or five notches. And I don't Almost know that, trying too yeah, hard. I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. Yeah. Um, I felt like a lot of the jokes, even some of them were funny, but I didn't laugh because I just felt like it was being forced upon me yes. instead of being very natural. The first movie, everything just flowed well. Everything was natural. Um, it starting with the very first scene and well, not, you know, Quill's dad and mom, but then when they get to the Guardians fighting that monster and Baby Groot's dancing, mm-hmm. and I compare that to kind of the first scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 where, where Quill around. is dancing as he's about to find this Infinity Stone, it felt so natural in the first movie, and this one just felt forced. Like, yeah. Just, I would agree with that. Absolutely. I mean, it was fine. Like, Baby Groot dancing is it's cute. cute. Sure. But I think they over... Like, there's so much in this movie that was overdone. They were trying too hard. That's how I felt. Yeah, I definitely agree. A, a couple other jokes. Now, it's not that I didn't laugh. And it's not yeah. that I didn't enjoy myself. I absolutely did. And there are some parts that are really funny. Because I laughed out loud. I, I, I gauge it as, did I f- actually laugh out loud or chuckle to myself like, yeah. haha, that was funny. Yeah, there were definitely some funny parts. Yeah, there were. But I I agree that there were some where you kind of go, oh, uh-huh. but it was those forced well, jokes. Not just jokes, but just things that I felt like were overdone. So I have a few other examples here. Um, Drax, his character, I think was very forced. Yeah, very forced laughter all the time. Which, All the time. Throughout the whole movie, it felt like. Yeah, it was very... Drax's character was so funny in the first movie because almost everything he was, was subtle, unintentional. Though. Yeah, it was very subtle. And this one is just him belly Every laughing scene. at everything. Yeah, um, And trying to make some weird remark because mm-hmm. he's that kind of oddball character, which is right. fine. Like, that fits with his character, but it wasn't the same. No, it wasn't. Um one a couple things that were really overdone. I thought the taser face joke. Yeah, like that was making fun of his name, and it felt like it was overdone when it first came up, and then it kept, it kept coming, coming up. back up. And it's like, okay, it's kind of a dumb name, we're, but it's not. It's not like we're beating a dead horse. It's not like his name was <laughs> Butthead or something. Like it was. It's just kind of a bad name. That wasn't hilarious, and it just kept going back to it like it was the funniest thing anyone's ever heard, and it wasn't. It was the only time it was semi-funny is that first time when Rocket's making yeah. fun of him, because that's part of his character, and like you can completely associate with that. Yeah. So yeah, I completely agree with you there. I was not amused by that. I was a little bit annoyed. Yeah. The other thing was with Baby Groot, and this is in the previews where he's trying to tell him don't touch the wrong button. 
Oh, for the bomb, yeah. And oh my gosh, it, that talk about beating a dead horse. Don't That's- touch this button. Don't touch this button. Okay, does anyone have any tape? And then these people are are supposed to be fighting yeah, that was a battle. And Quill is asking everybody yeah, if they have tape. Asking the response is no, no one has tape. And even if they do, we can't give it to you. You just figure something else out. Like that's that's yeah, a I response like I would have expected from Guardians of the Galaxy one. And then it just sounded like they were trying to force laughter. It just because I get work. what the humor they were trying to get at is, oh, let's make it absurd. Yeah. And he's going around while everybody's fighting and saying, do you have tape? Do you have tape? But All the while, as a, as a watcher, as a movie watcher, you know he's not going to hit the button that kills everyone. Right. You know that's not going to happen. So you're spending all this time talking about something that we know is not, not going to happen anyways. And it's trying to elicit laughter that wasn't working. I, yeah. And it was hard to, like, I think if they had cut out the whole tape part, it would have been fine. And it would have been funny. But part of the problem, too, is you saw that in the preview right. on TV one before it came out. Right. But I think if I had just seen it, yeah, I would have chuckled. It would have been funny. Yeah. But, again, they overdid it. Yep, I agree. Of course, man, it really sounds like we're ripping into this movie. And overall... I liked it. It's yeah, I, enjoyable to watch. It's not as good as the first. No, it's not. I like the first one better. Would I recommend going to see it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's I mean, I could even spoiler alert, I'm gonna jump to my rating here. I'm I'm giving it a six. Like it's a fine movie. It's a. I think that's a fair rating. It's it's enjoyable. You watch it, you laugh, you have a good time. But the heartstrings they try to pull at, it doesn't move the needle for me. Some um, of them did, but most of them no. And honestly, I might, I'll probably put it a six on my IMDb because I don't get points, but I'll probably rate it a five and a half on our website just because, and I'll talk about some of the plot holes I think are, are a bit egregious. Um, I think six would work fun. for me too, as far as a rating, because I rated the first one as an eight. Yeah. Because I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. And I can't rate this one anywhere close to that. No. And and I know it sounds weird, but I, I, it's not a bad movie, but it's yeah. not the first. Yeah, it's fun, but it's... Go there, see there's it. Some, there's You're, some issues. You won't yeah, be sad that you won't pay to see it. Yeah. But... Um. Okay, so a couple of things I want to talk about. Oh, another thing that was really overdone, and I, I'm kind of trying to go through the movie a bit chronologically, so... Okay, they've saved the batteries, and then they stole the batteries, and then they're getting chased through the asteroid field, and Quill and Rocket keep switching who gets controls. I thought that was super overdone and really not realistic. Like, you're in the middle of an asteroid field where you sh- I mean, you're, you're probably going to die. Like, there's... Right. No one should be able to pilot a ship through that anyways, much less switching from one person to another every five seconds. Like, there's no explanation for how they actually made it through when none of them was really piloting the ship. And they had, what, 30? Well, didn't, really. They crashed into stuff. Well, but, and- th- okay, there were like 30 ships that followed them. 29 of those crashed. And then right. there was just one following them. And all of them had a dedicated pilot trying to maneuver around these things while... And they were smaller uh, ships. Right. And the Guardian ship was bigger 
And they had two people fighting over controls and cracking jokes while they're fighting over controls about how big of a poop is going to go into a pillow. Yeah. I mean, I won't lie. I did laugh yeah, out loud. Yeah, I laughed, but, but it just... I mean, it was absurd. Yeah, I guess you're right. Because at first I was going to say, oh, I don't know if I agree with you that it was overdone. But now looking back at the way you're describing it, I guess it was. But I I wasn't as bothered by that as I was other scenes. Yeah. But like the taser face thing. Yeah, that was... And the tape thing. Take those out completely of the movie and it'd be a better movie. If you left this in, I wouldn't be offended by it. Yeah, it's, it's I, fine, but... I mean, poop jokes are funny. Come on. Yeah, I, lo- <laughs> I love I, me a good poop joke. I know you do. You're a guy. Every guy likes poop jokes. But, I, yeah, I mean, yes, it doesn't make sense, definitely, as far as getting through an asteroid field, but as far as it being overdone uh, for comedy, I wasn't too bothered by it. Yeah, it was it was fine. Um so then we move on a little bit further. Uh, Quill's dad shows up. And this is something I will consider a plot hole. Um, he shows up. He's like, hey, I'm your dad. And then Quill and Gamora's like, Quill's like, I don't know if I believe him. And Gamora's like, well, he might be your dad. So let's just go to his planet. And then they go. Like, Yeah, I missed so, a little bit of that because that's when I went to the bathroom. Yeah. So, And this reminded me of, I had to ask you this before the podcast, uh, the Netflix series Iron Fist. So Iron Fist, which we recently watched. So the the character, I'm not giving much away here. Uh, Danny Rand is the main character, and he's presumed dead for like 15, 15 years, years or something. And he comes back to inherit. He's trying to inherit his dad's company. He says, "I'm Danny Rand," and he talks. You know, the people that own the company now or are running it are his family his, friends, like family like, friends he, he grew, grew up, up with. And he's like, "I'm Danny Rand," and they're like. No, you're not. He's dead. And he never at any point tried to say, it's me. You know how I know that? Because here's what we did together on your seventh birthday. Or just like something that only he would know. When they never even bothered to ask him. Right. And Oh, was, if you are, then tell me what, like the lawyer did later in yeah. the season. She did. Yeah. And I don't want to focus on Iron Fist, but in this movie, this guy shows up and he's like, I'm your dad. And there's not one like, okay, if you're my dad, what was my mom's favorite song or where where did we live? Like, you lived in Missouri. Oh, well, then that leads me to believe more that you might be my dad. None of that happened. He was just like, oh, well, I guess he might be my dad. Let's go to his planet. Mm. See, I kind of miss. I missed that scene because I remember that's where I walked out. Yeah. Because Gamora and him were talking and I ran to the bathroom. So I unfortunately can't really comment about it because I don't there, know what I mean, transpired. But like. There's got to be some kind of a question that you can ask of him. Well, to, did he say anything like, well, yeah, you know, I hired Yondu to pick you up or. He may have, but, but that. Even that would say. But that's something that someone might know about in this universe. Potentially. Star-Lord yeah. kind of, you know, he said he had heard about a human that touched an infinity stone. So like you're getting rumors. That's something. Yeah, that's After true. he's in space. Ask some kind of a validation question about Earth. That nobody would know. Right. It didn't happen. So that that was frustrating to me. We'll just trust him and go in his spaceship. Okay, another <laughs> thing, as you get through this movie, you find out that Peter Quill, Star-Lord, is actually an immortal celestial, which is a surprise to him, which is completely absurd. You cannot be immortal and have been an outlaw your entire life and not realized you were immortal. Like... 
when Quill shoots his dad a, a million times, when he gets mad because his dad says essentially he killed his mom, his body like falls apart, but he doesn't die because he's just this blue stuff. Energy. Yeah. Quill's been in so many fights. He spends in episode one, he's talking about all the scars he has from girls that he's. Um, but he's half had human too. With. Well, I know, but. So he's not going to be a ball of light under his skin like his dad. I just feel like he's immortal. How do you get through? How does that not manifest itself in any way his whole life up until this point? Well, it did when he held the infinity stone. Okay. So, yes, that's one example. But, is you know, but what, he's been shot at. He's been stabbed. He's been all these things. And being immortal, never like. Because he's he's never been seriously injured where it's threatened his life. Like, it, like, it's not like he had a gunshot wound to the heart and survived. He'd be like, wow, that's crazy that I survived a gunshot wound to the heart. He had like a little scratch on his belly. And I, I just feel like. He said a girl attacked him with a fork or something. I understand I mean, that. But it's not like these are things that any mortal, quote unquote, would, wouldn't survive. So. No, I understand that. But. How would he know? <laughs> but. When you say someone's immortal, there's more to it than just you can't die. Well, why can't you die? Well, his dad can't die because he's this blue stuff. He said as long as the light exists, like that planet. Yeah, so the light is in Quill, but I disagree with you. I don't think there's a like how would he have known? There's no way. I think the light is in him. And when he gets stabbed or punched or something like, I don't know. And I could be wrong. Like your, your point's completely human. valid because yes, he is half human, but I feel like it's a little. Because the, the other guy made a body. He was not born with a body. I understand that. So that's why there's light underneath. But like, here's, I, here's the other thing. In the first movie at the very end, when they're, when Quill grabs the infinity stone and it looks like he's about to die. And then the reason he survives is because the other guardians like grab hold of him and kind of disperse the energy throughout all of them. Well, now we find out they didn't actually need to touch him at all, theoretically, well, but because no, no, he's no, no, immortal. No, no, no. no. He's you, immortal. Yes, I know. But hold on. So that <laughs> you're looking at me funny, but just hold on a second. He actually like gets control of the stone before Gamora ever touches him. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure he makes a facial expression like, "Oh, I'm not dying anymore." No, I don't. I don't believe that's correct. I we're gonna go back and watch that scene. Okay, we can do that after okay. this. But but I'm pretty sure in the first in the first movie, it's he's gonna die, and then Gamora touches him, and she's like, "Well, let me help," and then everyone else touches, and then because they're all helping, that's what it. At least when I'm watching it the first time, it feels like, oh, now the reason they're surviving is because together they're strong enough to hold the Infinity Stone. But Quill was not strong enough alone. Well, according to this movie, he is because he's immortal. Well, like I said, I don't think that that scene happens the way you're describing. Okay. But we can debate about that later. Sure. Um. Yeah, I I don't have an issue with that. I don't think there's any way or reason why he would have thought he was immortal before now so okay we can disagree there we we will disagree um one thing from the last podcast that i told i said i wanted to see was i didn't feel like drax or gamora was really that strong powerful as a she was 
See, more so. She was more so in this one, but I still didn't get what I wanted. I don't feel like either of them are terribly quote unquote super. I just, I, I don't, I'm not getting it. She picked up that huge gun that was on a spaceship. Well, that's true. That's a good one. Like, okay, so Nebula, you remember, is attacking her, and then the ship falls apart. Yeah. She picks up the giant machine gun that was attached to a spaceship. No, that's good. By herself. I forgot that. Yeah, that's a good one. I was watching it going, huh, she's like Superwoman. Yeah. She can lift heavy loads. All Drax did was jump inside the belly of a beast and... Not die. And (laughs) think he was helping, but he wasn't. Like I, I'm definitely. Well, and then he was flying out the back of a spaceship and hit all these trees on a landing well, and, the, yeah. and didn't so, die somehow. And not only didn't die, he laughed about it and said that was awesome. Right. So apparently, he is very resistant to. And again, Gamora's holding him that whole time. So okay. unless she was super, like you can't just hold a person as you're flying in from space to land on a planet. No, I'm glad you're reminding me of these things because it, it helps. So definitely, Gamora. Yeah, I'm seeing more of her being super. Um, but really, the biggest one was when she picked up that huge gun for me. Yeah, I had forgotten about that. Well, so then that, it makes me even more frustrated about Drax as we're talking about it. So he can literally be dragged from space through an atmosphere, bouncing off of trees. But that the pack hurts his nipples too much. How does yeah, that, that work? that joke was a little forced. Yeah, like it just doesn't make sense if... If he can truly be banged up against a whole bunch of trees, crash landing from space, and laugh about it and say that was awesome, then a, a stupid pack is not going to hurt his nipples. That, that just well, make it sense. can still be uncomfortable. He may not like it. I don't. That's know. the difference. I mean, he's not going to laugh about it, but it's it's not that he can't wear it. He just don't want to. Which actually, talking about all this, kind of reminds me, so going back to how I said everything was over a little over-sentimental, mm-hmm. with all the, <clears throat> so, I mean, there's so many times they're trying to get you to feel your feelings, like, I, I don't know, feel, <laughs> feel, your, feel feelings. your feelings, you know, what a movie is that from? I don't, I don't remember, know. but anyway, so you have, first of all, Peter reuniting with his father, right? Yep. So he's all emotional about that. So we've got all kinds of scenes about that. Cause even Gamora is like, I don't know if this feels right. And he's like, why are you trying to take my dad away from me? And yeah. oh, and there's a scene where he makes a ball of light with the, the dad and they're playing catch yeah. in slow mo. That part, I was like, okay, this is really dumb. <laughs> that mean, was unnecessary. He, he had mentioned earlier in the film, I just wanted to play catch with my dad. He did, but so. it, I mean, just, I think they o- overdid it. Like you could have just made it this smaller thing and i don't know i I thought that was a little overdone but anyway so that you know what i think peter quill's character would have made sense if he had made some kind of a wisecrack right about playing catch with his dad even though i'm a grown man that would have i think fit the character well instead of just yeah trying to make it an emotional have all this emotional music playing and then slow-mo back the camera out it should have been like, wow, when I imagined playing catch with my dad, I didn't think it would be a ball of gas or, you know, something yeah. just something off the hand. Makes it lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. I, there was very little humor from the Star Lord character, which the the first movie was almost based around humor from from Peter Quill. And there's there's some I feel like it was heavily based on Drax this time, yeah. which was weird, but Yeah. I think we needed more Star Lord wisecracks. I do too. Uh, but anyway, so off tracked a little bit, but 
going back to that, so you have that emotional theme going on. You've got Nebula and Gamora having this sisterly fight or whatever it is that they can't decide whether they hate each other or love each other. So there are several scenes where they're trying to pull your, at your heartstrings with that. Yeah. Then you've got Yondu being mutinied by, betrayed by his men. And then the one guy that's loyal to him. Well, even the loyal guy betrays him and then first. changes his mind. Yeah. Right. Cause in the, man, that was kind of dark. They killed yeah, everybody. Just, yeah. Killing every single person I, on the ship. And you know, that was interesting too. I wasn't, you know, even though, well, I guess in the first one they did smash that guy's skull in the beginning and it, there's like blood running down, but it just seemed like, wow, that was not expecting him to show all the dead bodies in space and stuff. And yeah. Anyway, um, I'm getting off track again, but so you had that going on and Yondu's all sad, obviously. And then the guy, his first mate, whatever he is, he was actually in Gilmore Girls. I finally oh, made yeah. that connection today. Yeah, you're right. He was Kurt. Not that I'm a Gilmore Girls fan. No, but you've seen me watch I've it. I've seen my wife watch it. So but that's Don't, he's don't judge me for that. <laughs> yeah, he was Kurt. Anyway, so you've got those two, you know, figuring out. Oh, I shouldn't have mutinied him. I feel really bad now. Yeah. Then you've got the Yondu with Peter, Peter Quill, Star-Lord yep. relationship going on. Like, oh, well, you were always... I didn't realize that you saved me from my real dad. And then there's also the what Yondu did, delivering all those other kids, mm -hmm. and how he was exiled from the only family he ever knew, which was the original Ravengers, which... Had that was like a whole blown up thing that I didn't even know about because in the first film you have no clue yeah, that the Ravengers no has this huge connection of people. So yep. that kind of that world just expanded suddenly. So I mean, you've got all wait, wait, these. Wait, wait, you're missing one. Oh, am I missing one? Yondu, what am I missing? Yondu and Rocket bonding oh, yes. about being the same. Yondu and Rocket about being the tough guy and acting like you don't care and they're jerks and he's like well i know because you're me yep. and so you've got and then all there's these... also the quill gamora tension. yeah the love tension yeah. right so um, but look i you, you know i didn't even i almost forgot those two because every other scene i'm telling you felt like they were trying there was always the cheesy music in the background or at least there were a couple times where i'm like man this music is like straight out of some cheesy movie. Oh, I, see, I don't know. I kind of like that. I, I think the soundtrack was done well. I think some of it was, but the, I just, I, and I wish I could remember. So the, the, this is the problem if we go see a movie in the morning and then we don't record this till later. Yeah. Cause I, I start to forget details. Yeah. But I remember there was a certain scene and, and it might have been when Peter was throwing the ball with his dad, but it had this super cheesy instrumental lovey-dovey music playing. Okay. I, yeah, I don't remember. But anyway, my, my point is that every other scene was trying to be sentimental. And the film felt more sentimental and less action funny. Yeah. I, or that's how it was heavily cited. So I have to disagree on... Not generally. I th generally, your point is very valid, but there are a few things I really liked. I r am really interested in bad guy backstories. 
I, I like to know how yes. did you become a bad guy? Are you sure. a, a bad guy who feels bad about being a bad guy or what? So getting more about Nebula and more about Yondu. No, I liked I that. I really liked that. No, I did too. And and let me backtrack. I, I To say that it was so sentimentally heavy, I'm not saying that I didn't like it. Okay. The, those parts. Yeah. I'm just saying there was a lot of that going on. And at some times it felt forced and unnecessary, but there were times where I did like it. Like what you're talking about, where you find out Yandu's backstory and why he's always been soft on Peter. Right. Which explains some things from the first movie. Right. Exactly. And I agree with you there. I really liked that because it was nice to find that out. And why does, why is he such a, you know, Tough guy, but so soft. Not really. Yeah. And I did like the connection too, how he does that with Rocket a little bit. I think, you know, part of it might have been a little overdone, but I like that because Rocket is that character where he has to be a smart donkey about everything. Yeah. So yeah, there, I'm not saying that all the sentimental parts are bad. I'm just saying there were a lot of them. Yes, there were. It, It does feel like. It's overdone. Uh, and that's kind of the theme of this movie. Everything is overdone. The, well, the a battle lot of- scenes are overdone more than last time. The jokes are overdone. The The sentimentality is overdone. Because I think if they had cut back a little bit instead of trying so hard, it would have been better. Like I, Maybe they were worried they weren't getting to that point. And so yeah. I, I don't know the reason, but... <clears throat> I, that's why I'm saying it's not a bad movie, but there are parts that I really like and then parts that I think, wow, you could have cut back a little bit and it would have made that scene much better. And I actually like where Peter realizes I had a dad the whole time and it was Yondu. I I didn't have to go looking for my real dad. And you actually hear twice throughout the movie, Quill says, well, I know why Yondu kept me because I could get into small places and steal stuff. And then Yondu repeats that later and then... Um, so you kind of get the feeling like that was the reason. And then you get the revelation at the end. No, that's just the excuse he was saying to be a tough guy. You know, he really cares for him. And right. Cause he realized what happened to those other children. Yeah. And so I really, that's probably my favorite part of the movie is Yandu's backstory. And my second favorite is probably the explanation of Nebula and why she's so angry with Gamora, with Gamora and just angry in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you kind of wonder, like, you guys were quote unquote sisters, you know, cause right. they were both taken as young girls and they, they mentioned it a little bit in the first film. Like they, they were tortured and by Thanos and made to be weapons. Yeah. So you knew they had some kind of alterations, but then you realize why Nebula was even in the first film so angry with Gamora. Yeah. It, I, I definitely like that. It makes, I'll say this movie is just very average, but I think it makes the first movie even better, knowing yes. what I know now. Agreed. Absolutely agree with you. Because <laughs> with Gamora's character before, you were just kind of like, well, she's just angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple other things about some plot holes that I think, and there weren't too many in here, but one thing that I just thought was uh, pretty ridiculous So apparently Ego went to a bunch of planets, got a bunch of ladies pregnant, and also made sure to plant, you know, a plant, one little plant 
everywhere um, so that one day he could take over the world. So he plants this very... Well, over the universe, yeah. yeah. So he plants this very alien-looking thing behind a Dairy Queen in Missouri, <laughs> which... Yeah. That's I mean, I, I grew up in Missouri. I've been behind Dairy Queens in Missouri. And it supposedly stays there yeah, and undis- that thing, undisturbed for decades. Until, not like they expanded the town and you yeah, know, like demolished nobody, it put a parking lot or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no kids parked at the Dairy Queen and went back in the woods to, to drink a six-pack or, or something. Yeah. Like, that's so absurd to me that, that that it would... And apparently on every other planet, his his plants are these very bright alien-looking things that go completely unnoticed for, in this case, 30 years. For other planets, it could have been longer, decades or, or yeah. hundreds of years or thousands of years. Just come on. Like, I'll find agree a better with you way there. to do that. I'll agree with you there. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Unless it, like, I don't know, has some special powers to repel people from it. Like, it just it doesn't make it sense. It doesn't make sense. And then the last thing, he is the planet, right? Like, he's not just on the planet. He is the planet. Right. He can create whatever form he wants to be. Why can't, number one, and this is a common theme in movies that I've watched and reviewed, the one thing that can kill him is... So, not like completely unguarded, but he is the planet. He could surround his brain with a mile thick, you know, thing of concrete or well, whatever. He did. To they make had, they, he did, though. They busted through all that. Ro- it's like they were going to the center of the earth. So they're busting through all that rock and stuff with that ship that's like a, like a mining ship, essentially. You remember? I, like they had to go. To the center of the planet, essentially. Yeah, I. but I still feel like he can do anything. So, number one, I don't think it was his brain was guarded well. And like, in if this were real, his brain would be so inaccessible, no one could ever get to it, no matter what kind of drilling ship you have. But number two... Well, but they didn't. They had to use Groot. Well, okay. But number two, even if someone did break those defenses and get there... He could just create a, you know, huge monster body right there when Baby Groot shows up and be like, get out of here and kill him. Well, but that, to that point, that's why Peter, they were saying Peter's distracting him because he was too busy fighting with Peter. They mentioned that. They said, we we only have a short window because he's distracted. Because first of all, that girl with the antennas makes him sleep. Yes. So that takes care of that. Right. And then, again, when Peter figures out how to use his power, I guess, then he's distracted fighting Peter. But if you think, like, at one point he's having a conversation with Peter. He says, if you kill me, you'll no longer be immortal, right? Mm -hmm. So he is aware that there's a bomb that's about to kill him. And instead of disappearing from Peter and going and getting the bomb... And getting rid of it, but he I just stays that, there talk, having a conversation with Peter. But I don't know that he can just go and appear where he wants to appear. I is mean, it, why else would he take a spaceship? I'm saying on that planet, he is the planet. He, the little... Okay, okay. Everything so, is him. Sure, but... It's it's hard to conceptualize because you don't know exactly what his powers are or are not. Yeah, I think that's the most difficult thing but because he is the whole planet. So 
But even if he is the whole planet, so, okay, so he's, he's the whole planet and he's stopping all of them from getting to the ship, right? Cause like Drax falls into the earth, yeah. can't walk anymore. Gamora and Nebula, same kind of thing happens to them and all the other people. They're like getting sucked into the earth, right? Right. Okay. Well, the earth can't just suck in a bomb more. The bomb's already there. Well, but the earth can take the bomb and move it wherever it needs to go. He could he could have that blue light thing that was holding Gamora and Nebula down and everything. He could have that. It could grab the bomb. He could make a hole from the center of the of his planet all the way out to space, and he could take that blue light and shoot it through the hole out into space, and it blow up there. Maybe. I'm not saying that's not I, possible. I it seems. I, like I'm not he saying could. you're wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I think again too. It's fair to say we don't know enough about him. Yeah, we don't, but. It seems like a plot hole to me. Maybe it's not, but it seems like it is. Well, any other ones you have? No, that's pretty much it. Oh, okay. Well. Fairly light on the plot holes, but they are very substantial. Like those plants being undisturbed. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. Because I can't disagree with you on that one. Because, yeah, it's behind a Dairy Queen. And what's even funnier? (laughs) What's even funnier is it's still a Dairy Queen. I know. When it shows the years later, yeah. it's still a Dairy Queen. Uh, yeah. And oh my gosh, when I grew up in Missouri, the Dairy Queen in Chesterfield, Missouri, where I grew up, moved about four different times to four different <laughs> while locations. While you were there. Yeah. While I was there. The, oh my gosh, it moved all over the place. So yeah, that I mean, obviously that's fine. It's not a plot hole that Dairy Queen remained no, in one location. No, it's certainly possible. possible. But it's, it's plausible. It's just. But it is funny that what nobody hiked back there and right. found it, or yeah. like a dog didn't eat it, or yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that. Uh, I'll agree with you on that me. one. Okay, so we've we've already. So it sounds like we've really torn apart yeah, this I mean, poor movie. Yeah, we've been. I'm the sure lead. there are people listening. Like you guys hated this yeah. movie. Why? Why did you already <laughs> told us you rated it five and six? It, it's, it, it does exactly what you expect it to do. It makes you laugh at times. Sure. It's, it's a full sequel. of action. It's trying to live up to the first. Yeah. And you can tell it's trying. Yeah. It's, it's Which a, happens a lot. It's a fine movie. It's yeah. not a great movie. It's a fine movie. You'll end, you won't feel like you've wasted time. Let me ask time. you this. Do you like this movie more than Doctor Strange? Yeah, because I rated Doctor Strange a five, I think. Oh, you or did? maybe okay. even a four. This one, five and a half. I, mean, I, I, I would say I definitely like this one more than Dr. Strange. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so, because if you've heard our podcast on that, I don't, well, have you posted that yeah, one? Yeah, that yet? one's up. Okay. So, <clears throat> that one, you can gauge it from that. It's certainly better than that. Is it as good as the first one or Winter Soldier, uh, no. which was Captain America? No, it's not as good as that. I, I think it's I a middle, it. middle of the road, excuse me, middle of the road Marvel movie. Agreed. It's better than Iron Man 2. And Iron Man 3. I didn't like either of those two, really. I think I liked Iron Man 3 better than Iron 2. Man 2 was definitely the worst. 2 was the worst. Uh, probably the worst Marvel movie. I, we'll rate them all one day. I know. We do need to do that. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. We just need time to wa- rewatch, re-watch them all. Them all? Yeah. Yes, we do. But please go see it. It is good. It's It's not the best Marvel movie, but you'll enjoy it. Yes, you'll probably think, oh my gosh, that was so cheesy or overdone, but still worth your time. And I liked a lot of the music, and I'm really impressed. Yeah, the music's good. With James Gunn, he picks all the music for both of these two movies, and 
it, I just really like it. it. It's cool to hear these songs and, and really the, the song that you didn't really like the Brandy, mm-hmm. um, it, it was a perfect fit. It was for, for this movie. Yeah. You love the woman, but something else is more important. I mean, that was the essence of Ego's character. Um, yeah, but his problem was he, I don't think he ever really loved the woman. No, I, I think he did. Really? That, he said, if I had gone back a fourth time, then I never would have left. And I would have you know, given See, I, up on, on my dreams of well, universal conquest. Well, I guess conquest. he did say that. Because I guess I thought when he started showing, like, actually, by the way, I impregnated a woman on every planet in the universe. I was going, okay, liar. <laughs> you didn't love her. I, I think that was business, but his relationship with, with her, was, her real. was real. Okay, No, and you're right. I did forget he did mention, like, if I had gone back, back, I I would yeah. have considered giving up my plan yeah. to rule the universe. Yeah. But which is also an interesting thought too, because his whole point was he thought all other life was beneath him, so he basically was going to take over everything. And yet, and yet he found a woman so that he fell right. Yeah. That's How a good that? point. I had I thought just, of that. Well, no, it just came to me. I go, well, oh. that doesn't make a lot of sense now, does it? Because if you found one woman. Well, we, we, we were at the end. Like some people may have already turned this off and not got gotten to hear that. That's a really good point. I know. Gosh, I hope you didn't turn it off. <laughs> if, if you're hearing this, then obviously you didn't. But yeah, that's a really good point. His, the, his whole his premise whole thing was, he is, said, life, I went to find life and I was disappointed. Well, okay. But then in the next breath, you're saying I almost gave it all up for this life form that I found. Unless he was just lying about that. Um, Which is what I maybe that's why I thought he was yeah. like. So now I'm all confused again. Well, See? we'll watch it when it. We'll rent it. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to rewatch rent it. Again. it. So but interesting thought to leave you with. Yes. When you go see it, go or if you haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. pay attention to that and and you can tell us what you think because <laughs> that was the impression I got. All right, happy birthday to me! Yay. It was still a good. I had a I had a really fun birthday. Good fun movie with my wife. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is only a five and a half from Kevin and a six from Ruth. We definitely feel like the critics got this one wrong. It's an average movie that tries way too hard to be great. I know some of you out there disagree, so tell us what you think. Connect with us on social media at facebook.com slash wetalkaboutmovies or twitter at wetalkaboutmovi. And don't forget, go to our website, wetalkaboutmovies.com. While we're on the comic book movie theme, you may have heard that Fox released a one-night-only black-and-white screening of Logan called Logan Noir. We reviewed the colored version of this movie back when it was in theaters, and we'll release that episode next week. Logan has an 8.4 out of 10 and is currently in the top 100 movies of all time on IMDb. What did we think? Find out next time on We Talk About Movies.